0: Welcome to Quotable, a Female Millennial Entrepreneur podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. I have some big news this week. You might've heard me talking about quotable magazine. I know I announced it on here, at least when we first launched the first issue at the end of last year. Now we have just released issue number two. And along with that, we've started running subscriptions. So you can now purchase the magazine one time and be signed up to receive it for the whole year. So you don't have to keep going on to buy every single issue. So we've done that to make your life a lot easier. Our lives a lot easier quotable magazine is now available by subscription we're doing six issues a year so you'll automatically get your issue in the mail every two months and not have to remember to keep going and buying it every time so go on to quotablemediaco.com slash subscribe and you can sign up for the magazine it's 28 dollars for the whole year right now that will be going up after our first initial kind of push for getting subscriptions um, by next month, I believe. So go on now, sign up and you will receive issue number two in the mail in the next few days. I'm so happy to have Nicole Pearl, the beauty girl on here today. Nicole is a former national magazine beauty editor and is a current journalist and on-air expert and general all-around beauty girl, as we already said. So, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So let's jump right in with telling us about what your background is. Um, I know you said former Beauty editor, but you're still definitely very much in that world. So, tell us a little bit about what your past experience has been like, and like what you're, what basically what you do now, like what your day to
1: day is kind of built around. So, I am a former national magazine beauty editor. So, I used to live in New York, and I basically have worked at or written for most of those major magazine titles. So. And sadly, some of those magazines are no longer in existence. But I've written for everything from Cosmo to Marie Claire, 17, Health Shape. Uh, I started out at Us Weekly. That was my first position. Now I am a freelance journalist. So I do contribute to... Uh, magazines, online sites, and I am an on-air beauty and lifestyle expert. So I'll do TV segments talking about the latest trends, product launches, things of that nature.
0: Cool, sounds super fun. Can I ask what what like facilitated that shift? It sounds like you moved away from New York City. Um, is that why? You kind of went more the freelance route. If you don't want to share this, we don't have to. But I want to.
1: No, for sure. I mean, I I guess you could call me in a way the queen of the pivot, (laughs) because the heart of the editorial world, this was before blogging, was in New York. But then I'm from Chicago and moved back to Chicago, and being here, obviously, you know, you could be. It's kind of like I'm more of like a big fish in a small pond, whereas before I was kind of like a small fish in a big pond in a way. So I just had a pivot and that's where the freelancing came in. I started my own blog at the time called The Beauty Girl. Um, my mantra is beauty shouldn't be a bitch. And that's my approach to beauty. Now I'm a mom. And the last thing that I'm going to be doing is spending 20 minutes on my evening skincare routine. While that sounds like a luxury, it's just not part of my realistic day to day. And so from the beauty girl, I started doing TV segments and then that totally pivoted again. And so now I almost do more TV than anything. Cool. So that sounds really interesting. I think
0: that from a PR standpoint, I want to first of all hear about like what the differences are between like how you work with brands and or PR people like The differences between being kind of that in-house editor for major magazines versus like what that looks like as more of a freelance and and that on-air expert, I assume people are pitching you to talk about things on TV. Like that's kind of a loaded question. So I'm trying to think about if
1: I should break that down a little more, but
0: (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like what, I guess, what are those main differences between how you work with brands now?
1: You know what? It's interesting because I have the perspective having been an editor and still do work as an editor, but then I'm also on the other side, I'm pitching myself. I mean, I broke into magazines with zero connections. I got onto TV by booking myself and I book all my segments. So it's, kind of like I've had to hustle on the editorial side as well as pitch myself as a brand. So I see both sides to it because I literally get hundreds of pitches a day and part of my day day to day is pitching myself whether it's for um, to a producer for a TV segment or perhaps there's a brand opportunity, you know, as like from the social media end of it. I mean, it just or I'm pitching a story idea to, you know, a website that I want to write for. So I am on both sides. And so when people say, well, how do I get you as an editor to open up my email? I have tons of tips and tricks. If somebody says, well, how do I get my brand on TV? Or how do I get on TV? Or how do I feel comfortable on TV? Or how do I do a TV segment from home? You know, these are all things that I've learned. So I have a lot of insight and ways, you know, things that I could offer people for that. And then there's that whole social media animal as well. So it's interesting that my career intersects all of these different avenues so I really could talk about any of them depending on what you know someone's goals are
0: we're gonna to have to come back on for like multiple episodes <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah no there that's there's so much there I guess let's start I don't know I almost want to dive more into TV because I feel like that's I feel like that's like where I know less about personally like as a PR person I feel like working with TV is just a little bit harder. It's things that people have less ex- something that people have less experience in. I mean, not obviously all, but like it's less what we, as my agency, have dealt with um, as much for clients. But yeah, let's start there, and then maybe yeah, I'll other things about how you work with brands with the writing. But the TV sounds really interesting. Um, so you said you mostly have to. You basically pitch yourself in order to do the segments. You say like, here's a segment I want to do. Here's a topic of what I what it would be like, and can we book this in basically? And then they say, yes. And then you film the segment. Tell us like how that works. Yeah.
1: I mean, so it's interesting because from the PR perspective, there's a a few different ways brands can approach the whole TV situation. So a brand can either, because a lot of shows are welcoming now, you know, sponsored segments. So a brand could legit pay for Their own kind of segment, and then have somebody like a spokesperson come on and do it, unless the brand founder feels comfortable. But you know, TV is a different animal. You have to be able to talk in sound bites. You have to have the energy. If and if you've never done it before, you should get some practice. So anyone can do it, but not everyone feels comfortable. So a brand could either take it into their own hands and you know book a segment, and then even bring somebody like me on to represent that brand as a spokesperson or what have you. And they could fit it into a bigger umbrella of like an overarching segment thing theme where the brand fits in, but maybe it doesn't feel as much like a commercial. The other thing is, you know, somebody like me, I'm always looking for great trends. I'm always looking for great hacks. I'm looking for you know, if depending on what the show is, I'm really trying to cater to that show, their viewership, that audience. And if there is a brand that, or a new product or technology or a tip or something that, you know, resonate, that relates to the brand that would, you know, I can even talk about, here's a great tip that everyone should be doing this time of year. And then I could use a certain brand as the example to represent that tip. So there's so many ways to involve brands in TV. And it just really depends on like what their initiatives are and what their goals are. Yeah, really. Yeah. So, well, actually before I move on, can,
0: can you give us any examples of like, what are some of the segments that either like you are working on
1: now and plan to do or something that you've done recently, like some of the last couple segments, like what they were? Definitely. So, you know, again, you want to always keep it relevant. So right when the pandemic happened, uh, some of the most popular segments that I was doing were like stress savers, you know, wellness tips. Um, I even did one on nails because everybody was, you know, no longer going to the salon. And I know, and it was like for the news and they called me, they're like, can you do something on nails? So I was talking about all these at home tips, products, you know, health, all that stuff. Now, For example, I'm working on a spring beauty trend segment, which is fairly generic, and this is for a regional market, but those segments will always come up every year, you know? So it just really ranges. Um, Right now, you know, there's, you know, it's like International Women's Month or March is Women's Month or whatever. So I'm sure you'll be seeing segments like that. But I think like if there's breaking news or whatever is going on in like current events, Can really help to influence a segment.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's what people are thinking about, wanting to learn more about, and talk about. How far in advance are you, as the honor expert, thinking about these things, or like pitching your pitching your segments to the stations? Like, because I know that's always a big thing when brands or PR people are trying to pitch their thing is like, how far in advance do you need to get it to the person in order for them to do something with it? And obviously that varies so much depending on the outlet itself. But for the type of thing that you're doing with
1: with these TV segments, what does that look like? So obviously the sooner the better, because if I even get a product six months ago that I think is really cool, then that gives me the ability to say, okay, I got this in the fall, but I think it would make a great mother's day gift. But realistically, I mean, usually three to four weeks in advance is really helpful because at least, cause I could get a product that just influences a segment idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, there's plenty of times that I have segments booked and then I'll fill the place, you know, I'll, I'll then get a segment. I'm sorry. I'll then get a product to represent the segment, but You know, in a perfect world, yes, I'd like to know about something three to four weeks in advance. I'm usually pitching segment ideas at least three to four weeks out, depending on the show. So now we are in March. So realistically, the segments that I'm pitching are pretty much for April at the earliest. Pretty, you know, at this point, most most segments for March are probably set. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I know that makes sense. And what about? Like when you're writing, is it kind of the same kind of thing? Like if you're writing a piece, do you is it about three to four weeks from when like if somebody was doing a launch or there's something relevant like International Women's Day or month or whatever? Yeah.
1: You know what? The lead time really depends on the outlet. So for digital, for example, that could be a two week lead time. You know, it's it's really quick. Like I could get a story assigned that's due the next day or a week later. That's more often the case with print like magazines, um, it's usually, you know, a three to four month lead time um, because they're working on their editorial calendars so far out. So if if there was a product launch and you wanted to get it in, depending whether if if it's on a website, you can get it in quickly. If you want to get it in a magazine, you've got to give it at least a three to four month lead time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like that's something people always struggle with because do people often email you and they're like, "I have this thing like that I want to talk about next week," and you're like, "Too late." I feel like that's something that people always run up against. They're like, "I want to get this out there like yesterday," but I haven't started pitching it yet.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, you. Ju- it's all it's all about planning ahead. I mean, that's like the secret to success, <laughs> and really. having it ready to go. What um in terms of uh, we just said
0: like for like a launch or something in terms of like what you talk about and like bring on air and whatnot. Like if you're going to talk about a product or showcase a product, is it almost always like something that's a new launch or like a brand new thing? Or if somebody has a product that's, you know, been around, but now they
1: want to start getting it out there more, like, is that ever worth pitching or do you have any? 100%. It does not. Obviously, if there's a new product, sure. I love to be the first one to introduce it to the world. That's amazing. But it's not necessarily about what's new. It's if you've had a product that's been around for 10 years, but maybe there's, a new relevance for it, or maybe there's an interesting way to use it, or maybe a celebrity just picked it up, or maybe there's a great tip, or there's so many different ways to spin your product to give it that freshness. So it's not just about new launches. Believe me, there's plenty of new launches that are not exciting. You can make them sound exciting in a pitch, but, you know, especially within beauty, which is kind of my uh, wheelhouse, for me to get excited about a new ingredient is a, you, there's a lot of new ingredients coming out. So there's gotta be a real reason for it. So I care more about the product, its purpose, you know, what's the pain point? How can it service people? Things of that nature.
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. Do you feel like you get most of your ideas from pitches or is it partly just from like being in the world and like what you're uncovering yourself? Like when it comes to like what you're pitching the TV Stations or, or editors at other publications for written pieces, is it mostly coming from the pitches that you're receiving, or is it kind of like you're brainstorming your own ideas and then it can fit in products into those ideas? I'm just curious, like percentage wise, what that looks like. I mean, not specific, not exact, but
1: no, that's a good, it's really a combination because if they're a great PR person, can really send me, here's what's trending. It doesn't even have to be, it could be one of the products they represent with a few other products. Or if they can share this celebrity and that's, you know, and almost like provide the story idea or the headline or the segment idea. That gives me a great opportunity to to run with it. But then of course my eyes like on the market, my eyes like you know on the trends. And so if there's things that I'm spotting, then I'll put something together myself. Or if there's hot topics I'm noticing. But the best gift a PR person can give me is, you know, not just sharing whatever their, whoever their client is, but then giving me the context to show me why it needs to be featured right now and how else it can be featured. It just makes my life easier. And then more quickly, I could whip up a pitch and potentially either book a segment or get it in a story.
0: Yeah. That's something we're always like as a, as a PR agency, that's thing we're always very aware of and trying to work on being as strong as possible with like, not just saying like, here's a thing, you know, and, and I hope you like it and can do something with it, but like, here's the thing. And here's what the story is around it. Because it's not always a big launch. If it's not a launch, it's like, what's the story? Somebody's not necessarily going to do just a spotlight on your product for no reason. Like, what is that story around it? And what is like the headline that the article would have? And what is like, why would people want to read it? And including that all in the pitch, the writer can just be like, yep, this is like, this is a story. And not yes, it. I
1: so appreciate that.
0: Cool. So what do you, I guess, going into that a little bit more, like, when it comes to pitching, like, what is the best kind of process? What does that look like? Like, when you love someone to reach out the way you said, like, kind of what that pitch should look like, but what do you what are you really looking for in a piece? And what's the best way for someone to like, get in touch with you if they've never worked with you before, but they've just been like, Oh, here's, you know, Nicole, it looks like she covers this type of stuff, I should really pitch her my product. Like, what does that look like?
1: So it's interesting because obviously email is easy and I'm happy to like share my email with you if that would be helpful. But the thing is like one, if I've never met you before, the thing that's hard is that as editors or you know media people, we're getting tons of pitches as you know. So you might send me a pitch via email and I might not respond, not because I don't want to, maybe it gets lost in my email or maybe, you know, the subject line doesn't make me think, oh, I should open this right now because I have other pressing deadlines. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't respond right away, I think that it is totally appropriate to then go ahead and follow up a week later or five days later, because I always appreciate when somebody does follow up. Mm -hmm. The other way that I think is kind of new is to utilize social media. So whether it's through my Instagram. If somebody sends me like a thoughtful DM through my Instagram, and maybe that's then a direct way that you can also connect with that brand if they also have an Instagram page then I could check out the brand if I'm not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say if you're going to send an email and it is a product-based pitch, including an easy to see image is always helpful to put the visual with the product. So that Instagram, and now there really is a new way to connect which I've been dabbling in, and that's Clubhouse, which I think has become a really great resource. Okay. Um, and I actually even created my own club to okay. bridge together press and media. It's called Pressed About Beauty. And the whole idea is that I am trying to make it more accessible and bring people together like us so we can share these opportunities if it's you know in a more direct format.
0: Yeah. yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that going on on Clubhouse. And it seems really amazing. I've been listening into, yeah, just different writers, editors, producers all coming together and like talking about how they like to work with people. And it's like, so amazing from a PR or brand perspective to hear people talking about that stuff. So I highly recommend Say the name of your club. What is it club room? Is that what you called it?
1: I think it's just called a club. The so club. my club on Clubhouse is called Pressed About Beauty, P-R-E-S-S-E-D, About Beauty. And it's just about bringing together beauty in the press. Awesome.
0: We should <laughs> so, yeah. all go just listen in on those and join that club. Because yeah, that's been really, really cool lately. So and right on there, people can go, go in, they can ask questions if it's the type of room that's opened up for questions and or just listen in to these conversations in case anybody by the time this airs, hasn't gotten to Clubhouse yet, it's just audio. It's almost like listening to a podcast, but with a couple of different people, usually all together, and it's totally live. And it's just people, it's just listening into a conversation, people talking. So it's really cool to hear, to hear people like Nicole talking about (laughs) what they're working on and how they like to work with people. And it's really, really helpful. So yeah, so you think connecting with people right in there is sometimes useful or just letting them hear, hear what you're talking about in
1: there? Yeah. And people can ask questions. I mean, one of the rooms that I want to do is going to be like opening up, okay, what are you working on and who do you represent? And like really trying to create, you know, relationships and maybe securing placements and everything like right in that room. I mean, I called it pressed about beauty, but obviously like it's really open to, it's It's not just for, you know, beauty PR or beauty media. I think that there's going to be a lot of people interested you know if you if you click the people that are following it gives you access to yeah. you know, content creators people in the media editors what have you so hopefully it will just grow and grow and be a great place for everybody to you know share tips tricks and network
0: yeah it's really amazing how how much these writers and editors are like taking the time to go on here and do this like it I know I mean I mean hopefully it's fun for you guys and like (laughs) it's interesting and you're learning about new brands and you're you know getting to talk with people but I like as PR people we're always hearing like you know obviously how busy writers are and how busy editors are and how they always have so much going on and all these deadlines and like they don't have time to like talk with you or, you know like they don't have time to even open your emails but then to be able to see that people are making the time to go on and do these conversations is like huge i think because it is it's so valuable from a brand standpoint so yeah that's really really awesome and thank you for for creating that club <laughs> here to serve <laughs> so i want to quickly ask like is there anything that is like a no no to you when it comes to pitching anything that a PR or a brand Could a PR person or agency um, or a brand could do that? You'd be like, no, I'm definitely not going to
1: work with you. (laughs) Like, is there anything people should keep in mind to not do? I think, yes, for sure. Um, Like, well, I was saying, even if we keep it focused on, well, I guess it could be for any product launch, but it's like hyping up a, if in the pitch you are hyping up a product to a way that you just know. It's a gimmick, whether you're saying breakthrough technology or first of it, if you say first of its kind or first ever, like you really need to make sure, even if the founder says it, like you really need to make sure that it really is so that if a writer is going to trust that or pitch that, it doesn't affect their reputation. If and if what if there's like another product out there that you know the writer didn't know about it, and so you know, just being sensitive to things of that nature when you are putting together a pitch. I would say, you know, short is better because again, we're going through a lot of emails and we might not read all the way to the bottom. Sometimes people will say, oh, here's a brand new product, or here's a new person who wrote a book. And then they say, attached is the press release, but adding an attachments or links Not everybody is really going to open them and read them. And even if the press release is like built into the body and it's like this long press release with small font, it's, it's the behavior of people nowadays is that we're just, people are not taking the time to truly read through everything. Mm -hmm. So I would say like, make sure that the few key bullet points are in the first couple of sentences of your pitch. And it's kind of like the same thing as writing, you know, you got to start with that hook To make somebody say that they're interested or what this is about. So I do think that the more straightforward the subject line, the easier it is. If there's any way to personalize it, even saying, I know there's a lot of forms where you can say, hey, Nicole, or if you really, really want to get the attention of this person to personalize and say hey i saw on your instagram this and i thought this would be inter- you'd be interested in this because i mean you know everyone it leads with their ego and i think that any kind of writer or editor would appreciate that and would make them take the time to say okay i'm going to spend you know a couple more seconds on this pitch than the other pitch
0: right at least they took time to look up my instagram right like is that the kind of thing you think because sometimes i'm like well, they pro- probably, everybody's starting their pitch email with like, I saw your recent piece on this or that. And I wanted to, you know, I thought you might be, interested no, in this, but I'm like, not really. Okay. Cause I, cause I, feel like that's something I learned from the beginning. You feel like you get a lot that are just totally like, there's no personalization and it could have been copy and pasted from other, to other people. Is that like kind of what the sense? I of-
1: would say m- most are and wow. the ones that aren't stand out. Yeah. Yeah, and it allows okay. you to create that relationship with that PR person. And, you know, one thing that people can remember is that editors, writers, media people, you know, we're, we, whether you're on staff somewhere or freelancing somewhere, we move around a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: remember one of my first jobs was, was at Conde Nast. It was a Golf for Women magazine, which is not a sexy title, mm-hmm. but, um, I took that position because it allowed me to have tons of opportunity. It was still at Conde Nast. I worked with amazing people and it was interesting because at that point, I kind of launched their beauty department. It was like more of a luxury magazine for women and, I remember the PR people that paid attention to me and the PR people that were like, Oh, it's golf for women. Like that's not sexy and didn't pay me that attention. Mm -hmm. And then from golf for women, I moved on to all these other magazines and that sticks with you. So I would just remind you not to, if you're focusing on, you know, print or digital to focus more on like the person and that talent versus the title, if you want to create a lasting relationship as you know, an independent PR person with that writer, because then you guys will have a longstanding relationship that will be really great for years versus that short term thing to get that hit at, you know, one of those top publications.
0: Totally. And same goes probably for do you agree for like the younger people, people who are a little more green, maybe like those assistant, you know, editors or journalists who are kind of seem like they've only been there for a year or something. And you're like, well, but I want to pitch the like main top beauty editor or something. But then it's like within a couple of years, I feel like people move up so quickly because of how you said people move around so much. I feel like some of those um, writers who were like just getting started a couple of years ago now have like pretty big titles at different publications. And I've been like following them ever since.
1: I completely agree. That's why I think you should never kind of write somebody off. I think the best PR person is the one that doesn't judge based on where you're working or, you know, be, just because it's a community that's pretty incestuous. Um, obviously, it's broadened now with social media. There's like so many more ways to get featured and things of that nature. But within that core, yeah, I mean, everyone talks, everyone moves around. It's just, it's so unpredictable. Yeah. And I I just think that that's the way as a PR person, you know, if you have a couple of those people in your pocket who you have great relationships with wherever you're working, whether it's for yourself or for a big agency, that is going to give you, that's going to give you like those when you really need a placement, you know, those are, there's your best shot right there.
0: Yeah. And what's, what do you think is the best way to like create those relationships? Do you feel like people, Like, do you remember if like a PR person reaches out and just tries to like create a conversation on email or do you feel like people still get together? Of course, now not as much in person, but like invite someone for like coffee or like to talk or or do you feel like that's too much effort to expect a writer to to put in?
1: You know, it's funny because obviously um, when so many of my special relationships who PR people who became my friends was really because we were doing event, you know, I was going to their events or we'd go to coffee, we'd have breakfast, like all that. Obviously that's not a reality today. And I also think that in some ways going virtual has allowed the PR world, the editorial world to expand so much more because you're not limited to what city, you know, you're living yeah. in, in terms of events. So obviously everyone's busy, you know, something like, you know, I think a virtual coffee zoom is a little like soon. I would say, yeah, reach out on email. Maybe, maybe not every time, you know, you can start, it's like just developing. It's like kind of, it's like making a new friend, you know, it's like you reach out on email, maybe you guys connect, maybe you have things in common, or maybe you start following on their Instagram or social media. And, I think it's like a give and take that every time you reach out to that person, there's not necessarily that ulterior motive, Mm -hmm. but more about like creating that relationship. Or if somebody does do a placement, like, you know, that article was great. I saw it. Thank you. And I just think that the consistency of being like, you know, genuine and nice, Mm -hmm. who's not going to appreciate that? I've made like a lot of people that I don't even see in person or I've never even seen in person, but I call them like my friends because when I see their emails, I'm like, oh, I want to know what they're doing. Or I know that she always reps great brands, or I know that she always does quality stuff. So like, I want to align myself with her. So I think creating the relationship could be through email, could be through social media. And then I think naturally one day you'd be like, hey, we've never met each other in person. Let's do a virtual coffee date. And maybe you could make that about business. And perhaps you could be like, you know, we have this product launch coming up. I, you know, want you to be there, or whatever. Or it could just be like, do you have fifteen minutes to do a virtual coffee? And I, I think there's a lot of ways to do it. Yeah, I can see what feels natural. basically. Yeah, as
0: if you're as if as you said, as if you're, it's like you're making a friend. Like what feels like it would be normal. What feels like it makes sense for where your relationship is so far. <laughs> it's like dating. Yeah. No, that's really helpful because I think that's something that can trip up people a lot, whether it's a PR person or like a brand, um, who's trying to create some of these relationships themselves. It's like, how do you know when to <laughs> try to take that relationship to the next level? How do you know, you know, if, if they feel like they do know you and like you, um, or if they're just responding because it was like, this was one good pitch or something like that. So I think that's always something to be thinking about. I guess I want to leave you with one, one question that might, I don't know, maybe it's hard, maybe it's easy for you, but What do you feel like have been your favorite piece, like any recent favorite pieces that you've worked on or recent favorite pitches that you've seen? Anything that like stands out in your mind in terms of like the kinds of things you've been doing lately?
1: Well, in terms of like a story that I just wrote, which I thought was really fun to write, I pitched a story and did it for like kind of about beauty and pop culture colliding. And so again, because everyone's home, binge watching TV, I kind of like, chose some of like the hottest shows, um, that are out and connected them to beauty products that almost could have been born out of those shows. And I saw that was like a really fun piece to write and slightly different, but I think, you know, trying again to put in like what was relevant and happening now that people could relate to, yeah. um, in terms of, pitches. You know what I've appreciated lately that I've seen some people doing that is, you know, before they send anything, they'll send the pitch of what's new and then they'll just give you a quick form saying, you know, if you want to receive this product, um, you know, just fill out your your name and address or whatever it is. I think that kind of always sending an email be like, or, hey, we want to send you this new launch or whatever. Can you confirm your mailing address? I think That has been helpful right now. I know a lot of people are moving around in the sense of like, not necessarily quarantining in their homes, or if they are in their homes or working from home, it allows them to control the flow and it allows them to know what to expect. Um, So I think that that's been helpful.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. People like you can't just send things to the office. Now nobody's there. So and just making sure somebody wants something is that we mean, like making sure they want it before they send it, whereas before they would come. Kind of-
1: yeah, I Yes, <laughs> that is what I mean. Yeah,
0: yeah, it can be a lot. I've seen I've definitely seen that on like, um on Instagram, like behind the scenes of some of the writers I follow where they're like, they have a whole room filled with boxes, because everything's going to their house now. And it's like, brands are just just send so much stuff for them to try. It's like, you have to be a little cognizant of the fact that people might not have a ton of
1: space. Right, or if it happens to be a beauty brand, you know, it's always helpful. If it's a new foundation launch, maybe you could send the foundations that are within like, three of their skin tone versus the entire range, oh, depending. Nice. I mean, sometimes people want to see the range for the story mm-hmm. um, or maybe you could send the lightest and the darkest and the one that would be best for them. And sometimes they don't, but that could be a way to personalize it as well.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, also, yeah, it ends up being like a lot of waste, right? If you end up with all these products that, like you're never going to wear the foundations that are every, every, every color in between what, what you would actually use.
1: Yeah. And the same with how you package the products and mail them out. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, I feel like the theme of the conversation is just like being cognizant of, of writers as a person and what makes sense for them, what's going to make life easy and just, just being thoughtful kind of.
1: Yeah. I think it's like a totally mutual relationship and like, without you guys, it would make our jobs a lot harder without you know, us; uh, so it would make your job. So it's just, we want to be, you know, help each other thrive in the most like honest way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I love to hear you say that. I feel like sometimes like when you're learning about PR, like when you're in school or even in some of your first internships, like people kind of talk about the writers and just any, you know, everyone related to the media as like, I don't know, almost like up on this pedestal, right? Like they're so, they're all important. And like, you have to be so careful about the way that you interact with them and like make sure that, that you're doing everything right. And it's like, they're just people, right? We're all just people and people want to work with people that they enjoy being with people who are like, as you said, it's like making a friend. It's like people want to work with people that they enjoy interacting with. So as long as you can be that person, like we're all working together. Any last words, anything, you know, last, I don't know, bit of advice, quick tip, anything that you'd want to leave people with?
1: Well, I mean, I'm happy to share my information if that's helpful. Yeah. How can we get in touch with you for sure? So through Instagram, my handle is at Nicole Pearl Beauty Girl. So it's Nicole Pearl, like a pearl and beauty girl. And so my, as, as the young people now say, you can slide into my DMS. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My email is Nicole Pearl, the number one at gmail.com. And it's also listed, you know, on my social media. And Clubhouse has been a really great resource. And I am Nicole Pearl on Clubhouse. So I would welcome anybody to, you know, follow me there and join the club because I think that as much as perhaps, you know, I can be a resource. I think that anybody within your field could be a resource as well and would love to have you within that community and sharing your tips as well
0: absolutely yeah if anyone listening to this episode you better go follow because when you get an invitation like that (laughs) you want to take it up i'm gonna i'm gonna look too because i'm pretty sure i follow you on clubhouse but i'm not sure if i've actually technically joined the club so i've got to see to make sure i'm going to get those notifications specifically for the club that is awesome thank you so much i will put those all in the show notes too so that people can easily find those links and find you there thank you so much for coming on today and talking to me this was awesome
1: Thank you so much. You're a really good interviewer.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes so other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on this show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes. If you have questions or ideas for a future episode, or you want to submit a guest or to see those show notes, you can do all of that online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. One other thing, join other listeners on Facebook and Instagram by searching female millennial entrepreneurs and joining us there. Talk to you soon and see you there.